0: Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzger, and with me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the
1: people. Hello to the people. Brain, how you doing? I'm doing well. How's it fingers, going? Cro- fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I stay that way. I was in contact my company had their holiday party and uh, I was apparently somebody tested positive. So Uh-oh. I don't know. Now I'm in, I'm in this uh, quarantine, this holding pattern Yikes. and hoping that, uh that it doesn't screw up my holiday plans. Not that that would be, you know, the, the, the height of my concern, but overall I'm feeling okay. So uh, I think, I think I'm going to get through it. I'm feeling like I'm going to get the negative test and, and all is going to be well. And uh, that will just be the start of things going well for not just myself, but the entire Dolphins family.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're obviously hoping that that test comes back negative and that you are good to go and that you can spend the holiday with your wonderful family, my wonderful family, everybody. We want to make sure that you've got a wonderful holiday season. But speaking of having a wonderful holiday season, we're joined by somebody else who is about to have a wonderful holiday season. He is the host of Dolphins Talk Weekly from right here at DolphinsTalk.com. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Dern. Kevin, how are you?
2: Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Good to be on tonight and uh, ready to Dolphins football.
0: Yeah. Excited. Well, we're really excited to have you on the program to help us break down this what has turned out to be a pretty big football game on Monday between the Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints. But uh, before we get there, before we talk about that and some and some news that broke just before we uh, started the show today about Pro Bowl rosters, a quick reminder to everybody that if you're not doing so already, we invite you to follow us on twitter i am at amplified to rock he is at aaron the brain he is at kevin md4 on twitter the show is at Sam old dolphin so make sure you're giving us a follow make sure you download rate review and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher and everywhere you get your podcasts we appreciate you leaving some positive feedback and And helping spread the word on the show. We really do appreciate that. And of course, make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. And as we come down the home stretch in these final three weeks of the regular season, uh, there's going to be a lot of news breaking constantly, just like tonight. As we record on Wednesday night, we just found out that the Miami Dolphins do, in fact, have a representative on the AFC Pro Bowl team, and it is none other than cornerback Xavier Howard. Hard to argue against him deserving that opportunity. He's he's had another great season and is showing yet again that he is absolutely worth every last cent. The Dolphins have spent on him and are continuing to spend on him, and hopefully will continue to spend on him being a Miami Dolphin uh, for the next couple of years at least. But uh, I just want to kind of get your initial reactions. Kevin, we'll start with you. You're a guest on the show today. Uh, your reaction to Xavier Howard being named to the Pro Bowl and any thoughts on, you know, did, do you feel like any other Dolphins maybe got snubbed, maybe missed the opportunity to be in the Pro Bowl? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I, I saw the list like literally two minutes before I sat down and, and hopped on with you guys. I think X is totally deserving. Um, you know, when you're a corner that only gets like one pass thrown your way over the course of three games, you know teams are staying away from you. That's been the case with him. It hasn't had as many interceptions this year, but I think it's because teams are so afraid of his ball skills and, you know, totally deserving and and totally agree. Hope he's a Dolphin for, you know, several years to come. Um, as far as snubs go, the, I, I don't think he was ever going to get it just because of the statistics, but I think Emmanuel Ogba has had a great season. Mm-hmm. Um, he would be my one guy I would have would have stumped for to, to try and get in, but um, you know, just doesn't have the the numbers of a, a Miles Garrett or a TJ Water or, or those type of guys in terms of the sacks. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah, Brain, uh, what what are your thoughts on that? Would you would you be in agreement with Kevin on that?
2: Yeah, I, I think
1: that look, X belongs there, and then I think the Dolphins have a couple of guys that are, you know, kinda on the fringe that were probably worthy of Uh, you know, consideration, but I don't know that they necessarily deserve to be on the roster. And I think Agba is a good call and another guy that. Uh, to me deserves some consideration was uh, Jalen Waddle. look he's a rookie but uh what he's been able to put up as far as numbers with receptions has the yards have not quite been there but I think anybody that has watched the Dolphins or knows anything about the Dolphins understands why that's been the case but the guy's been as reliable uh, a receiver as there's been in the entire league this season and uh you know, he's only been getting stronger. It's a shame that he missed out on the on the last game. Uh, because look, the the way that he was he was going, he he might have topped a thousand yards after that game. And who knows? If he's at a thousand yards and you know, 95 catches when when those votes are tallied, then maybe he does end up on the roster. But that said, um you can't argue with X being in, and I, I can't really argue that any other dolphin definitively got snubbed
2: yeah i
0: think that's I think that's all very fair assessment when you when you look at the grand scheme of things. um It was always kind of Xavian is the guy he's the guy and and it kind of speaks to the fact that right now the dolphins are not a flashy team they don't have a lot of star power they've got a lot of guys on the roster that are just out there getting the job done and quite frankly, when you're a player that's on a roster that starts the season one and seven, that's where most of those picks are, that's where most of the, the, you know, the voting and the consideration for wh- who's going to make the pro bowl. That's where it happens. It happens the first half of the year. Right. And a lot of these guys that have come on late, you're, you're not going to get that same kind of attention. Um, so I, I, you know, I can't really argue with the selection, but anyway, happy that the dolphins yet again, have at least somebody uh, representing the team in the pro bowl uh, this year, even even, though, even if the pro bowl is not a game, I don't even know if it still is a game that happens. Uh, it, it, it didn't happen last year. Right. I, I don't even know, but I know it doesn't, no. doesn't happen in Hawaii anymore. I think it happens in Orlando now. Anyway, the pro bowl is, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Probably the least interesting all-star game in all of sports to be, to be totally honest with you. Um, uh, but you know, anyway, whether the Dolph, whether you watch it or not, we'll see what happens. It, it, I, at least the fact that they moved it to the week before the super bowl, it makes it a little bit better. It helps cushion that blow when you've got that week of no football, um, better than it was when it was the week after the Super Bowl. When it was just like, at that point, I've turned the page. Baseball season is right here. Let's go. Let's get on with our lives. Anyway, uh, we're going to turn our attention from the Pro Bowl to the big game Monday night. And before we get into the X's and O's and what the Dolphins need to do to make sure that they can win in that game, just kind of want to talk about how you're feeling. About this game and 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 how it's sort of shaping up to be a pretty big contest, which we all kind of hoped it was going to be, and we were all you know i I can remember sitting there the dolphins had won three games in a row, they're at four and seven, and everybody's thinking if they can win the next three games and get to that New Orleans game at five hundred with an opportunity to go above five hundred that suddenly there's a chance that maybe the tide's a turn, and this is a playoff team and here we are. You're right there. You're right in the thick of things. There's a bunch of teams ahead of the Dolphins that are going to be beating each other up over the final three weeks of the season. Um, there, is, there is an opportunity. Yeah, the Dolphins still need help. They're not at that place where they're controlling their own destiny just yet. But they, they arrive at this game with, I mean, everything to play for, which, I mean, when, as, when it comes to the NFL, with three weeks left in the season, that's what you want. You want that. And so that's where you are. So we'll start with you, Kevin. How are you feeling about this big game Monday night, Dolphins Saints?
2: Very anxious. If I had to answer in two words, it would be that. Um, Selfishly, I have tickets to the game in Tennessee the following week against the Titans. I myself have never been to a Dolphins game live where playoff implications have been on the line. I think the closest thing to it was maybe the 2018 game where they lost in Indy. And they were kind of still in that bubble mix, but you kind of knew that, you know, they weren't going to quite make it. So, very excited to potentially have them on a seven game win streak going into Tennessee. That would be awesome. Um, But New Orleans, that defense is is just an animal. Um, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be one of those like early Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wanstead era games where it's like 16 to 13 or 13 to 10, something like that. Um, Might not be good for the TV ratings, but I mean, I'll be glued in every second. I hope they win. I really do. Um, Just to keep the, the winning streak alive and and meaningful football for another week.
0: Absolutely. I'm totally there with you, especially being really anxious, which, mm-hmm. again, that's an exciting place to be when you're anxious yes. about a game that is taking place you know, two days after Christmas. That's, that's an exciting place to be as an NFL fan. Brain, how are you feeling about this game
1: overall? I mean, this is where we wanted to be. I'm, I'm excited about it just because like, Hey, we got a Monday night game. It's going to have playoff implications. Uh, it's against another team uh, that's battling for a playoff spot. So to me, it's I'm, I'm kind of approaching this as, all right, this is a test. The last three weeks was more about like, all right, just take care of business so that you can get to the final exam. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call this the final exam, but we've now we've now reached, uh, you know, the last these last few weeks where uh, each week it kind of becomes a progressively harder test. Um, but in order for those next two weeks to have any significance, you've got to win this week. Uh, So I'm not at the point yet where I'm just super excited or even excited enough to really be anxious about it because I'm still very much in wait and see mode, sort of expecting the inevitable, which I've been expecting all year long is where the dolphins are going to fall short. Um, But we'll see. I'm, I'm open to being proven wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, I think, I think all of us are, you know, Anybody that's been a Dolphin fan for any any period of time, you know, especially if you've been, you know, longer time as as the three of us have, you 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 get to that point where you're almost expecting the heartbreak. You know, doesn't make it any easier when it happens, but you get to that point where you're you're kind of just waiting for that other shoe to drop, and hopefully, you know, maybe hopefully this is the year that it doesn't happen. But at any rate, it's all there for the Dolphins to play for as they come in to the final week of the season. It's all, it's it's looking up. There is even a scenario and a couple weeks ago, brain, we talked about this. We talked about, I'm going to be really excited for the playoffs or, or the possibility of the playoffs. If we can get to a, a game week where if everything goes the right way, the dolphins find themselves in a playoff spot. And if everything goes <coughs> the right way, there is a world where the dolphins end up as the seventh seed at the end of the day on Monday. So it, a lot has to happen. Some things that maybe are not so likely, but it's certainly a possibility. And again, just having that possibility is something that is pretty exciting. Excuse me. <coughs> the lingering effects of this cold still still coming at me. But let's shift our attention to this game and the, the X's and O's of it. Let's start if we're going to look at this game and how the Dolphins are going to, against the odds, win the game in New Orleans. Well, maybe it's not against the odds, but how they're going to win this game in (laughs) New Orleans. I think the place you have to look is how the Saints' defense matches up with the Dolphins' offense. Some quick numbers against this, (laughs) about the Saints, excuse me. They're fourth in defensive DVOA in the league, sixth in the NFL in points allowed, allowing only 20.4 games, 24 20.4 20.4 points per game the 13th in the league in yards allowed 336.9 when it comes to passing they're giving up 240.2 passing yards per game 96.6 rushing yards per game the Dolphins offense 25th in offensive DVOA 23rd in yards per game 16th in passing 28th in rushing 22nd in scoring when you look at those ingredients it looks like We're headed towards trouble here. So, Kevin, you've been looking at this. What is is the best formula for success for the Dolphins on offense against this stout Saints defense?
2: I think, first and foremost, what they did against Carolina. I think this might be the best group of defensive ends, like, first through fourth or fifth, however many guys the Saints have been rotating that we've seen all season. So to me, you know, you've got to get the ball out quick. They're a pretty good run defense. I know we had a big game against the Jets last week. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if that replicates itself again on Monday night. So I think it's one of those things where, like Carolina, you have to use sort of the short passing game as your running game. Get the ball out quick. Get it in Waddle's hands use a bunch of different constraint plays like all the little screens and end arounds they've been giving to Albert Wilson. This is the week to give them to Jalen Waddle and, and let the guy basically make plays into a punt return. And, you know, I think good Tua has to stay good to throughout the entire game. You can't have, you know, the pick six last week was awful. You bounce right back. I think the Saints defense is too good to count on yourself bouncing right back. So you've got to Tua has to be at that level throughout the entire game, I think, and those would be kind of my my three offensive keys. Um, you know, just keep it under control, use a couple gadget bottle, and and hope Tua can kind of stay at that that same level all throughout. Yeah, it's an important key
0: to this one. Is is going to be the consistency of Tua. Brain, uh, what what are your thoughts uh, about what the Dolphins need to do offensively to deal with this incredible, ferocious defense that is almost certainly going to land Dennis Allen a head coaching job next season?
1: So I completely agree that uh, the biggest issue is going to be how the offensive line handles the pass rush of the Saints. And so, yes, you have to get the ball out quick. But I, I also think you have to run the football. Uh, I, I think, look, when you run the ball, that's going to keep those ends honest. And th- it's kind of weird when you look at what the Saints have done in their totality uh, for the entire season. They have the best run defense in the league when it comes to yards allowed per attempt. But over the last month or so, teams have had success running the football on them. Uh, the You know, the Eagles, granted, that's what they do. They put up. Uh, you know, big-time yardage against them on the ground. Uh, Even the Bucs last week, while they didn't put up big numbers and they ended up with a goose egg on the board, they did have some success running the football. So I think there's going to be – I don't think that you can afford to abandon the running game, particularly with this Dolphins offensive line, how poorly they are in pass protection. So you've got to keep this game close, and you have to – you cannot allow yourself to get one dimensional, even if the running game struggles early in the game. And that's why uh, it will, we'll get, we'll get into the defense. So we'll kind of segue into this really the, the most important factor for the, for the offense is the defense keeping yeah. this game close uh, so that they can afford to not go one dimensional.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that. And as, uh, Kevin's co-host Chloe is is trying to get in she's trying to do a run-in here on the on the show Um, but and I so I think she agrees with you as well that the big thing (laughs) is that the Dolphins are going to need to keep this game close and and so that they can stay multidimensional. and to me that big key is what we saw last week was the success of having Duke Johnson be your primary ball carrier for this game and we saw And we saw the same thing with Duke Johnson that we saw previously with Philip Lindsay. And we talked about this in the, in the recap show is that that decisiveness and that ability and the vision, the ability to make the cut and to make a man miss is something that we have not seen so much of from, uh, Savon Ahmed and miles Gaskin and having that, having that ability, having that running back that is able to make that extra cut or to make the decisive move so that you can take what would maybe normally be a two yard gain and turn it into a four and five yard gain becomes really important. And to take what was a five yard gain and turn it into maybe an eight, 10, 15 yard gain, that becomes really important. Because if the Saints find themselves in a position where they've got to really respect what Miami's going to do on the uh, on the ground, that is potentially going to open some things up. For this offense, and now we know that the Dolphins don't typically like to open things up a whole lot. But we'll call it an advantage. The game being in a dome in a in a controlled environment means that there's no weather that's going to be wreaking havoc with things. And so, two is going to have that ability to to sit back there and and you know if he wants to make make the throw downfield. There's two things that I think he want, we want to see this guy make up for. One is the bad interception that resulted in the pick six, and the other was that underthrown pass to Albert Wilson. Um, we want to see that plays like that and to have him be perfectly executed. Whether he's got the ability to do that, I, that remains to be seen. Um, it's an open question, although there are some people for whom it is not an open question and they will tell you it can absolutely happen. And there are other people who can tell you it absolutely cannot happen. But we're not here to have that debate right now. Um, I'm just hoping that if if that opportunity arises again, that next time the pass is in the right place. So these are all going to be important things to get past what is a a very tough defense Led by the Saints. Any any other thoughts from either one of you on on the offensive side of the ball before we
1: talk truly about the other side of the ball and and do a Manscaped commercial brain? Yeah, I just think you know, kind of piggybacking off of what Kevin said earlier about Tua. Uh, it's to to me, it's not about him having the downfield pass. Yeah, we'd all love to see that, but I think realistically, based on what we've seen throughout not just this season, but over his career now, which is, what, 18 starts, 17, 18 starts, Uh, that's not necessarily something that is, you know, in his arsenal. It's certainly not a go-to play in his arsenal. If it happens, outstanding. But where he excels is that short to intermediate passing game and just being precise, just... You know, if he has another one of these games where he's at 80 percent completions and he's putting the ball in spots where guys can make plays after the catch, that's that's just as good as as hitting, you know, a a 30 yard pass every now and then. So uh, he just has to be precise and he can't make mistakes. It has to be a very clean, efficient game from Tua for the Dolphins to have a good offensive game. 100% 100% agree with that, Kevin, and
0: you're nodding your head.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally agree with what Aaron said, like, you know, if you can get that good to a, the whole game, I think Miami's got a good chance to win, and I'll even give the offensive line a little bit of credit, you know, the yeah, pass blocking, I would say probably since the, the first Jets game, the away game, I think has improved. You know, they were pretty rough on that Thursday night matchup against the Ravens, and we've kind of seen a nice uptick since then, especially Liam Eikenberg. He had a real bad game against Baltimore, and I, I, you know, the PFF stats are what they are, but I think he's graded out pretty well ever since then. So, you know, kudos to them. And, you know, maybe there is something to having Duke Johnson where you can at least run it a little bit to set up some of the play action stuff. Um, Having Michael Dieter back might help as well, you know, New Orleans doesn't have the the true studs inside on the D line that they used to have with Malcolm Brown and some of those guys, but still obviously very stout up front and and for my money DeMario Davis is is probably the most underrated linebacker in the game, so being able to to get a body on him will be huge as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm really curious to see what the Dolphins are going to end up doing when it comes to the running back position in this upcoming game. Like how they're going to mix it up, what they're going to do. I I think one thing is clear. It should not be Miles Gaskin being the primary ball carrier on Sunday. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be series where he gets an opportunity, but I I would really I think we've seen pretty clearly in the two games in which they played the Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay have a better eye for it and, and better ability at the end of the day. Um, You know, it's, it's that thing about, you know, like I've said before, Sivan Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, there's nothing wrong with these guys, but they're replacement level running backs. And what you see is that when you have somebody who is, uh, you know, even a little bit above replacement level, it makes a significant difference. So I'm hoping to see some of those. I'm hoping to see a lot of Duke Johnson and Phillip Lindsay on Monday night
1: yeah, and I'm gonna go one step further on that. Not only uh, should Duke Johnson be the primary <laughs> ball carrier, but because Philip Lindsay is back because of you know his ability in pass protection, he's probably your third down back. So Miles Gaskin probably goes to a pure backup role, sort of just the spell running back. Of course, if Duke Johnson struggles early, it might be one of those situations where they kind of go with the hot hand. So if Duke Johnson gets the first couple of series and struggles and then Miles Gaskin comes out there and is lighting the world on fire, then you probably stick with him. And I think that's probably the way that they're going to go about this thing for the remainder of the season, provided all of them stay healthy. But I think that's that's where they've got to go. I think Duke Johnson gets the first shot on first and second down, and I think Philip Lindsay is your third down back.
0: All right, there it is. So we'll see. We're going to move to the other side of the ball here in just a moment. But first, hey, fellas, this episode of the same old Dolphin Show is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers, Manscaped. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are leaving 2021 with a new product, so clean yourself into the new year with their ultra-premium body wash. Also, special offer alert, use the code Dolphins Talk for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Four million men already trust Manscaped, so it is time to join them. Guys, what, Brain, Kevin, what were the highlights of your 2021, and, and what is it that you're really looking forward to in 2022? Hmm. It's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> I would
1: say you know, for me, uh, it, it's a few things. Uh, you know, I, I kind of started my new job uh, back in the in the fall, but it didn't really start picking up until springtime this year. And so, I, the wife and I had actually moved down from Tampa literally a week before the world shut down, um, and so we were living uh, with the in laws. It was really only supposed to be a couple of months, but that turned into a little over a year. And once things started ramping up with work this spring, we were able to get ourselves into a new place. And so, getting it, getting back into our own space, uh, just the two of us for the first time in over a year was definitely a, a highlight for me. Uh, and and with the uh, the job going so well, and and you know getting to go to a Dolphins game and sit club level with at like the 30 yard line, Uh, really excellent seats for that game last week. I mean, that's a highlight. That's like the first Dolphins game that I've been to in over a decade.
2: That's great. That's a great highlight. Kevin, what what are your, what's your highlight of 2021? Um, Well, we were talking about this a little bit before we went live, but We've got a, a daughter who's almost two, so Let's go. I think getting to uh, to do Christmas and New Year's and stuff with the family this year, where she can kind of understand what's going on, will be cool. Yeah. And then, I guess personally for me, um, I think we've talked a little bit about this, but actually am in, in the process of going back to school, getting my MBA. Um, just finished up a class this past weekend, and I'm about halfway done, so hopefully. Yeah. August August September ish will be officially done with that. So looking forward to to kind of finishing out. Congratulations. Another great
0: highlight right there. So that's that's what's 2021 has in store, and 2022 is gonna have a lot of great things for all of us and hopefully included in 2022 Miami Dolphins playoff game, I think is something that we're looking for, but either way, 2022 is on its way. And the last thing you want to be is the guy with pubes getting in your way of making this year, your best year yet. (laughs) 2021 sucked for the most part, except for the things we just talked about. That's why Manscaped is making a splash and upping. Their grooming game, their signature, Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take down every pube in its path. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It's even waterproof. I'm telling you, this tool is amazing, and I'm confident using the 4.0 to leave 2021 and my gross pubes with it. You know what else I'm confident about? Smelling like a million bucks. You may be asking how, and I'm happy that you did. I use the Manscaped Refined Cologne with the same signature scent that's in all of Manscaped's formulas, a great compliment to your collection. So you want to talk about being clean, feeling, smelling good. The ultra premium body wash from Manscaped solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine, but in the shower. I shower every day. I hope you do too. So use the code Dolphins Talk for 20% off and free shipping at manscape.com I'm all in on confidence and smelling good this year. I hope that you will join me with Manscaped. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Dolphins Talk at manscape.com That's 20% off. With free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code Dolphins Talk. Happy New Year to your balls. Manscaped, providing the best advertising copy of anybody in the podcast game. We love it. We'd love to have it. Anyway, (laughs) um, let's go to the other side of the ball. Dolphins on defense against the Saints offense. And, and Brain, I'll start with you here. We know that Taysom Hill is not the most efficient quarterback in the world when it comes to his ability to pass the ball downfield. He's got an arm, but he, he's not the most accurate. He's not the, he's not the best at, at going through the progressions. In a lot of ways, a lot of his shortcomings are the same kind of things that you hear a lot about with, with Tua Tungabailoa, quite frankly. Uh, he, but he is a very athletic and mobile quarterback, and we know that that has provided problems for the Dolphins before. The Saints also have a ridiculous weapon in the backfield by the name of Alvin Kamara. Now they don't have Michael Thomas. They don't have the receiving core that they have had before, but, you know, Marquez Callaway, nothing to, nothing to you know, turn your nose up at. But so, Brent, tell me, how does this Dolphins defense cope with the ability of Taysom Hill to, to, to get outside and to, and to wreak havoc running the ball when those plays break down? And also, how on earth are they going to contain... Alvin Kamara.
1: I mean this is this is the big test as far as the Dolphins run defense because you know they they struggled at times especially early in that game against Baltimore and then they kind of settled in and they did a nice job but aside from that over this six game winning streak they've played a bunch of teams that aren't particularly good at running the football so even though yes the Dolphins have done a better job of defending the run it's fair to say they really haven't been tested very much. They're going to be tested in this one. And as we saw last year, you know, sort of the similar time of the year uh, when they lost that game up in Denver, uh, you know, you know, the defense was playing really well. Everything was on a roll and then they went up against a team that really knew what they were doing as far as attacking the opposing teams with the running game. And they just got beat up. They got run all over. And you have to imagine that's exactly what the saints are going to try to do in this game is they're just going to try to beat up the dolphins. I'm sure the saints would like to run the ball 40 times or more if possible in this game. Uh, Obviously, the strength of the Dolphins is their pass rush, their secondary. We don't know what this Dolphins run defense really is. We know that they've played better, but again, they haven't truly been tested. So I think this is a huge test, and I think probably where the game is going to be won and lost in my mind is whether the Dolphins can hold up against the run. As far as containing Alvin Kamara? It's more than just stopping them in the running game. It's probably he's probably more dangerous catching the ball out of the backfield. Fact is, he's just a special player, so he's going to make plays here or there. The thing that you have to avoid is you have to avoid the huge back-breaking plays. The Saints aren't going to kill you. Even if they could run the ball well, they're not going to kill you if they're not getting 40, 50-yard chunk plays. If you make them have to grind out 15, 16-play drives, They may do it on occasion, but the odds are at some point your defense is going to make a play. At some point, they're going to have a negative play on offense that's going to make it difficult to overcome. We talk about it all the time when the Dolphins have the ball, that it is difficult to consistently score touchdowns when you have to have these 12, 13, 14 play drives. The Dolphins need to... Just not allow the big play, even if it's bend but don't break, and you give up 350 yards of offense. At the end of the day, it's about the points that you give up, and that's where the the Dolphins need to come up big. They just need to not allow Alvin Kamara to break the big 40, 50-yard plays. Those could be back-breaking. If they can can contain that, uh, they're going to stay right in this football game.
0: Yeah. And we, and listen, the Saints are not like some offensive juggernaut. They're 21st in total offensive DVOA, 26th in total yards per game, 30th in passing yards per game, but 15th in rushing yards per game, right? And they're only scoring about 22 points per game. So it's not like they're some huge offensive juggernaut. In fact, in that game that they won against Tampa Bay last week, they only got three field goals. And that's what they, you know, and that's what was enough to win them the game because their defense is so ferocious. And that's kind of what they've written to the seven and seven mark. And they've also had inconsistent play from the quarterback position. They had Jameis Winston who goes down with an injury. They got Trevor Simeon and then Simeon goes down and now they've got Taysom Hill and Hill is the guy, right. That they're riding with. And, and, you know, for all of his ability as a Jack of all trades um, and a trick play, God, he is, you know, not the greatest quarterback in the world. So Kevin, uh, your thoughts on what the dolphins can do defensively to keep the saints in check here.
2: Yeah, so I'll echo kind of what Aaron said. I think the number one key is taking away Alvin Kamara. I had some time to look up some of the numbers for this. So not only does he lead the Saints in rushing attempts, he's got 184, but he's also got the most catches out of everyone on the team with 38. And, you know, the Dolphins haven't, like Aaron said, haven't played many rushing juggernauts other than Baltimore, but that's more kind of the the Lamar Jackson factor. But – Going back to winning streak, at least, and really back to the Jacksonville game is kind of when they started to turn it around, they've done a pretty good job of taking away lead backs. You know, Christian McCaffrey, 10 touches for 35 yards. Saquon Barkley had 11 for 55. One of those was a 23-yard run that they kind of caught Miami in the wrong grouping on in a no-huddle situation. So really it's more 10 for 32. And then even the Jets, the first time we played them, Michael Carter – had nine carries for 63 yards in the first matchup, had just eight for 18 on Sunday. So they've done a pretty good job of that. And I think if you can kind of contain Kamara, and honestly, Mark Ingram might scare me a little more running the ball, just given his Mm. physical style straight ahead north-south runner than Kamara does. If you can control Kamara, I think you have a good shot. And then as far as Taysom Hill, make him (laughs) beat I'm sorry, Chloe's a little excited she's, about this one. She's very upset about yeah. Taysom Hill, I can tell. She's, she's mad because she's a 70-pound pit lab that thinks she's a lap dog, and I won't let her sit on me right now. <laughs> so, ah, sorry, see, Chloe. That'll but, do um, it. So, I, I haven't had a chance to go watch these games, but I don't know how many of these are designed runs and how many are scrambles, but Taysom Hill's had 11 carries each of the past three games. I think Tampa Bay held him to, like, 35- 40 yards, but he had 11 for 73 and two touchdowns against the Jets. He had 11 for 104 against Dallas. Now, Uh Miami over this win streak, they held Lamar Jackson under 40 yards. You know, they hit Cam Newton so much he got benched in what the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, never really got the quarterback runs going. So, this will be a test to see if that continues because I think New Orleans is, especially if Ramchek and Teron Armstead are back. This is the best offensive line we'll face all season.
0: Yeah, and it's here's here's the thing that we haven't mentioned at all in all of this is that the National Football League is in the middle of a well, not just the NFL, but, you know, the entire United States and the entire world is in the middle of this Omicron spike in uh, you know COVID-19 cases and we've seen how quickly a team can lose a chunk of its players as of right now the Dolphins have not been significantly impacted obviously they they lost uh, Philip Lindsay and Jalen Waddle and Javon Holland for the last game uh, they've got Waddle and Lindsay back Holland was taken off the COVID reserve list but Somehow hasn't cleared protocols. There's some gray area there, so we we still don't know whether or not we're going to have Javon Holland for Monday night. Although it seems likely based on just how things have been progressing. Um, And as of now, I don't. I I think the Saints, the only player of note that is on the COVID list for the Saints at the moment is is Adam Troutman. Um, Of course, we have to be concerned. I think to some degree that there was just an outbreak among New York Jets players and the Dolphins just played the Jets. Now we know that that game was played outside. Most of the interactions probably happened outside. So we don't know how likely it is that there was a, you know, anything, you know, that there was any kind of cross team contamination going on there, but we know that Jets head coach, Robert Sala just uh, tested positive, And we, 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 I saw a video of He and Brian Flores exchanging a very close hug and whisper right after the game. So that makes you go, gosh, I sure hope uh, Brian Flores didn't pick anything up there. But without getting into the whole epidemiology of it, all of everything that we're talking about could be completely blown up by the time Monday comes around. So hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully everything stays you know where it is and everybody's able to be healthy and you know if there's an injury issue okay it's an injury issue but hopefully everybody else is is okay Uh, you know who just went on the list now that I'm thinking about it is Robert Jones um who who played a little bit in
2: the just when Coleman did too
0: oh uh, yep Justin Coleman did too so um we're gonna have to find somebody else to shoulder tackle people um on on Monday night because you know Justin Coleman is very good at tackling people with his shoulders, but not
1: using his arms. Well, he's not people. good at tackling people with it. He's good at trying to tackle. People he's good at throwing his, his body at people. <laughs> he, right. He's terrible at, ta- he's allergic to tackling people. Please go um, down. But um, uh, let's be sensitive. You shouldn't say he's allergic. You know, it may have been the COVID. Well, speaking of COVID, uh, the, the other thing to keep in mind here is that the NFL has changed their policy on yeah. on COVID testing, Yeah. and essentially, uh, unless guys, what are they? They're not even going to be testing guys if they've been vaccinated. If they if, if they're been vaccinated, yeah. if they're vaccinated and asymptomatic, then they're not testing them. So. Right. I mean, talk about I mean, they're essentially just sweeping everything under the rug to try to get games in. But I mean, that essentially, if you're if you're a player or if you're a coach, I mean, if you've got a little bit of a scratchy throat, this is like, well, just don't say anything.
0: Yeah, well, and I don't don't want to get into the politics of all of that and all of the games that people might play. But this certainly seems to me that the NFL has incentivized hiding any symptoms that you might have. Um, with With these new rulings, but i, I don 't needless to say the covid thing is still out there and it 's still affecting teams in a very real way i mean it, you know and it 's impacting the dolphins kind of in a roundabout way right now sort of tangentially because the Kansas City Chiefs who play the Pittsburgh Steelers this week have a bunch of guys on the list including Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and they are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this week and I'm sitting here going "Are the fate's really going to align to allow the Pittsburgh Steelers to somehow sneak into the playoffs and they somehow get a cheap win over a decimated Kansas City Chiefs team I sure hope not but regardless the point is That's still out there, and that is still something that may very well impact the Dolphins-Saints game before we get to Monday night. Now, we're going to make our predictions for this game in just a moment, but but first, before we do that, it is time for our hashtag one hot take segment where we ask listeners uh, what their one hot take is for the Dolphins-Saints game, and I've got a few of them from Twitter here that I'll share. From NorCal, Finns, and Suns fan, Taysom Hill will have less than 20 yards rushing that would certainly seem to bode well for the Dolphins if that was the case. Uh, we've got, oh, at Dolphins Talk, Tom says Tua will throw three touchdowns and Taysom Hill won't eclipse 200 total yards. Again, something that would seem to bode well for the Dolphins. Steve Lamb says Tua has more rushing touchdowns than Taysom Hill. I like the, I, I like the sound of that. Uh, we've got uh, from at Dolphins Talk from Michael Leva, He says Duke Johnson has another 100-yard rushing game. I, again, I certainly hope so. Uh, here's one that is maybe not so positive from at Mr. Dodger 1966. Fins will punt the ball a lot. <laughs> what else do we have here? Uh, we got James at James Brokaw. Tua takes the first of three big games to put his team in the best position to make the postseason. No mental mistakes. It's Wait. playoff football. Hashtag Fins up. And I think that's exactly right. I think that's where we're at as from a Dolphins perspective. They cannot afford to lose any games, really, the rest of the season. I guess if there's one game the Dolphins could, because there are scenarios where they make the playoffs as a 9-8 and team, and if they're going to lose one game, this would be the one game that they could potentially lose without it really crushing their playoff hopes. But let's be honest. The, the real thing is the Dolphins are going to need to win out. So it, it, these are all playoff games for the Dolphins at this point in time. Here we go. Stacey Armantrout at SJ. Armantrout says Xavier Howard gets two interceptions boosted by the Pro Bowl nod. I like it. I like that. And then we've got at Finns Fan 343 Ben Bruce's waddle will be over 1,000 yards receiving on the season after Monday's game. My prediction. Where's he at right now? I think it's like in the eighty-four or something yeah. like that. So that would be that would be pretty good, pretty pretty great opportunity. Nick Zachary at Zachary underscore Nick says Tua is near flawless, no interceptions, three touchdowns, three hundred yards, eighty percent completion percentage, and Waddle gets deep for a score. That would certainly make me think that the Dolphins would win the game. At uh, Finns Pod says Tua Tagovailoa throws three touchdowns, no interceptions. I love it. Here we go. Here's a fun one from. At Bill from Boynton. Let's go, South Florida. Boynton Beach represent Chris Sims is seen in a press box holding a photo of Taysom Hill and crying <laughs> after the Dolphins win the game. Oh, man. It's that, that discourse is one that I've heard enough of, so I would certainly love to see the Dolphins and Tua put that conversation to bed. And so that's the one hot take from social media. Let's go. Let's see. I haven't seen if any, uh, any new ones came in. Um, in the chat here, by the way, if you if you would love to join us in the chat live, we recommend subscribing to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Hit the like button on this video and turn on the notification bell. So every time we go live, you get a notification right there on your device and you will not miss a single live show. And you can join us in the live chat for uh, for every show and, and join in on the conversation. So uh, let's go to our one hot take. I'll go first because I'm staying consistent with my hashtag one hot take every week that we do it. It was my hot take at the beginning of the season. It's my hot take tonight. And that is that Michael Polarty will throw a touchdown pass on Monday night on <laughs> national TV uh, in the Superdome, baby. Michael Polardi throwing the touchdown pass. Uh, Kevin, let's go to you next. What's your one hot take? For this Monday night's game.
2: The Dolphins score a defensive touchdown. Not a a special teams, not a block punt, not Christian Wilkins on offense. A true defensive touchdown.
1: Let's go. I like it. I like it. Brain? I mean, to be honest, I kind of like your Michael Pilardi take. (laughs) Uh, I know it's been there all year long, but I was going to say, I feel like this is the week that much like the Jets did to the Dolphins last week where they had to dig deep into the playbook, come up with some trick plays. I think, I think this is the week that the Dolphins need to dig into the playbook a little bit and come up with something a little unorthodox. So I'm going to say that a, Dolph, a non-Dolphins quarterback throws a touchdown pass Ooh. maybe that's michael pilardi maybe it's not maybe it's maybe it's Jalen waddle maybe it's albert wilson I, I i think albert wilson is the likely candidate there um maybe he takes one of these end arounds uh and then you know Jalen waddle sneaks you know past the safety let's and that's go, how you get your deep touchdown pass let's go
0: i love it i love it you'd love to hear about it you'd love to you'd love to see it so now before we get to our Christmas toast, because, uh, and this is just a reminder to everybody who's watching live, and if you're listening in the podcast, you can just pause it and pour yourself a beverage. But uh, if you're watching live, now is a really great opportunity to go get yourself a glass of something because we're going to be doing some Christmas toasts to the Miami Dolphins in just a little bit. So make sure you got a nice beverage so you can cheers with us here. But first, we're going to make our predictions for the game. So, Kevin, you're the guest on the show, so we're going to give you the opportunity to go first. What is your prediction? Monday night. Dolphins at Saints.
2: Am I given a score too?
0: Why not? Let's give us. Okay. Let's give us. Give us the score.
2: Um, I'll go. I'll make it a weird one. Miami eighteen to sixteen.
0: Oh, oh, I love it. Let's go. Weird score line. I'm into it. It would that be a scoregami? I don't. I don't know. Would eighteen to sixteen I don't know. be a scoregami? I'd have.
2: Somebody, we'd have to check that one out.
0: Somebody at scoregami and and let me know if that would be in fact a score got me but a good one an 18 to 16 win predicts
1: kevin Dern. brain i what was you got? also i was also seeing 18 in the score for some reason i was thinking i was thinking 19 to 18 in favor of the saints ooh okay so you
0: you see us lo- are we losing on a heartbreaker the saints kicking a field goal as time expires
1: I see it as uh yeah just that the dolphins uh, fall uh, behind whoa. get back ahead uh maybe maybe miss a two point conversion that would uh that would make it a three point game or something like that uh and and well I don't know at some at some point the saints are going to have the ball with a chance to win the game and the defense which has carried us through this winning streak will fold just in time to break our hearts.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, it's devastating. It's wow. devastating. <laughs> well, I'm gonna make my prediction here, and it's uh, it's gonna be an ugly affair. It's gonna be a frustrating affair, but I believe I believe the Miami Dolphins are gonna get the win. They're gonna win this game and they're gonna win it by a score of fifty 50- to 12. Ooh. All field goals? Not, not, no. It's not all field goals. They're not winning the game five to four on field goals. No way. There's a touchdown. There's maybe a two point try. Maybe there's a couple two point tries, but yeah, it's going it's gonna it's gonna to be one of those. Safety
2: thrown in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We got some weird stuff. I, I think we're going to see some weird football on Monday night because it's, it's two defensive teams with not terribly high-octane, super potent offenses. So we're going to see just some weird stuff. Have we, have, we,
2: have we heard what uniforms Miami's wearing? Because I saw uh, New they're... Orleans is doing the all-black and blacking out the dome, that, that deal. Oh, well, then I would hope the yeah. Dolphins would be in
0: all-white. Yeah, white, go Stormtroopers
2: on them. Can we white go. throwbacks? Oh, we'll
0: get the Fin Troopers out there. Yeah. Shout-out to at Fin Troopers. They're out there. Our buds in the U.K., Watching the Dolphins. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing the Dolphins in in all white. That'd be great. I'd be into it. I, we, we have heard that the Dolphins are going to wear the throwbacks for the final game of the season at home against the Patriots. So that's exciting. But all right, so there it is. We've made the predictions. So now it's time to make some Christmas toast. But actually, before we give the Christmas toast, a quick word from another sponsor and that is our friends at BetUS. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS as your NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and, yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BetUS.com or call 1-800-792-3887. That's 800 79 US. BetUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code DOLPHINSTALK. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. And that sign-up bonus code is, again, DOLPHINSTALK. So make sure that you use it and get yourself set up. All right. So... It is the Christmas season. It is our last show before Christmas. So we thought we'd have a little fun on the show today. And also, you know, because we're, you know, if you're, if you're like us, you're like me, it's Christmas week. You may be off of work. You're relaxing a little bit. You're enjoying some libations. And so, you know, every Christmas, a lot of people like to get up and make a speech. They like to to have a toast to somebody. Maybe it's somebody in the family. Maybe it's, you know, to peace on earth or whatever it is. Well, we're going to do that, and we're each going to give a little toast to something that is – the rule is it has to be somehow Miami Dolphins related. So that's what we're going to toast to. But before we toast, we've got to – you know, part of the, the incredible show that is Dolphins Talk Weekly, if you're a regular listener like I am to Dolphins Talk Weekly, you know that Kevin does enjoy a nice scotch, and he likes to take a little segment of every show to tell you a little bit about what he's drinking – and so I figured why don't we do take that opportunity to do that here. So Kevin, what are what are you
2: drinking this evening? I came prepared. So we've got it. We'll hold it up. Lafroyg 10, but we're doing the Let me let me oh, let oh, me let oh, you go full camera, screen right? on that here. Yeah, there we go. Okay. There we go. We're doing we're doing Laphroaig 10, but we're doing the sherry oak finish. So it's finished in sherry casks. So it's going to have that kind of sweet wine kind of flavor added to it. Oh Instead of the traditional Lafroy, which I know at least for beginning Scotch drinkers, kind of has the the complex Isla peaty briny smoky flavor that not everyone's into. This is a little bit more subtle, I would say, a little more sweet, but mm-hmm. still gives you the the classic Isla scotch flavor. So that's what I got tonight. Plus that's excellent. Being finished in the sherry cast, is kind of green and red. So we're in a little bit of the uh There you go. The festive Christmas spirit here with
0: this There you go. Love that. Yeah. And I got my Dolphins Christmas sweater on, my Santa hat. You know, we like to to get into the holiday spirit here. Brain, what are you drinking tonight?
1: All right. So I've had it in the shaker because I wanted to keep it cold. So let me give it a couple more shakes. (laughs) Oh, this is fantastic. Because I'm having a full-blown cocktail tonight. All right. So this is actually my favorite cocktail. This is a very strong cocktail and a very unique cocktail. It is known as the last word. And what it is is, is it's equal parts gin, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and lime juice. And uh, aside from the lime juice... All of those, I would say, are absolutely disgusting just on their own. Yet somehow, when all together, they make this amazingly well-balanced, unique cocktail. And oh, I don't know if you can see it, but uh, you know it's kind of greenish in color. For those we go. looking at on YouTube, and there's a Luxardo cherry. So there's your red. So your green and red, your Christmas tie-in. Uh, that's, that's my drink for tonight. You love to see it. You love to the see it. Word.
0: I, uh, I tonight am drinking private stock, the Johnny drum. Let me give you a little full screen view of what I'm drinking here. This is Johnny drum, which is a Kentucky bourbon. It is made by the Willet distillery. So you may be familiar with a uh, Willett whiskey. It looks like a, um, it's in a, like a, it looks like a genie bottle when you see it. Um, Anyway, this is uh, a Kentucky bourbon. It is their private stock. Here's, here's the summary on the bottle. It says, handmade in the heart of the bluegrass, Kentucky's famous bourbon country, containing only the finest natural ingredients and age to the peak of maturity, yielding a bouquet character and taste found only in this bourbon. This is our private stock, the proudest achievement in the art of bourbon making. It is alcohol 50.5% by volume. 101 proof. So I'm drinking Johnny Drum tonight. I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to go ahead. And uh, while it's certainly not Christmas colored, this is a Miami Dolphins podcast. So while it's not a whiskey glass, I'm drinking it out of the old school Miami Dolphins glass. So I'm going to go ahead and pour it over. They got the uh, got the whiskey stones in there. So I'm going to go ahead and pour it over. There we go. That was a pretty heavy pour. So, uh You know, stay tuned after for uh, the same old Dolphin Show after dark because it's going to get crazy here in a little bit. But uh, okay, so what we'll do is we'll each give our toast and then we'll take a drink and then the next person will give a toast and then we'll take a drink. And then the last one, we'll we'll give a toast and take a drink. And so we invite everybody watching live at home on YouTube to to have a drink with us. If you're listening on the podcast, hopefully you've gone and, and gotten a drink and you can share it with us here. As we celebrate the season, uh, let's go. Uh, who wants to start? Let's let's start it off with. We, we got a special guest in the house tonight, Kevin Dern. Kevin, we'll let you do the first toast.
2: All right. So, for 2022, we'll keep it straight. Dolphins related. Two is our starting quarterback next year. The Dolphins win the AFC East. Oh, I'll take it. let no to that.
0: Mm. Fantastic. I love it.
1: Brain. Um, So I'm going to toast to Brian Flores. Uh, I was fully on board and then fully off board and ready to say, you know what? Screw it. The hell with it. He's just not that good a coach. I'm still not sold that he is a, an outstanding head coach I think there are issues as far as uh, the offensive side of the football and hiring uh, competent coordinators on that side of the football. But that said, to have a team fall to 1-7 and and lose seven games in a row and not have them quit and have them fight back to the point where we're at right now where they are legitimately in the mix for the postseason – That takes a good head football coach. So cheers to Brian Flores. Cheers. Done a a hell of a job the last couple of months. Absolutely. Mm. Mm.
0: That's really good. All right. Uh, And I want to do a toast. I've got a a lot of people that I want to toast to. But first and foremost, I want to give a shout out, big toast to the Miami Dolphins offensive line. This unit has been derided, and, and rightfully so for large sections of the season. But as the year has gone on, has become a cohesive unit and seems to be playing some of their best football at the most important time of the year. So I want to give a shout-out particularly to the Dolphins' offensive line. I also want to give a – now we're going to go a little bit outside of the box, but I want to give a shout-out to Dolphins Twitter because Dolphins Twitter, sometimes you're a complete <laughs> dumpster fire. But you know what? At the end of the day, we're all cheering for the Dolphins, and we all want to see the Dolphins do the same thing, and that's win the Super Bowl. And so while we all come from different places and we all got different perspectives on, on what the best way is to get there, all have the same goal in mind. So for that, I'm drinking a cheers to all of you on Dolphins Twitter. And finally, I want to give a shout-out to all of the great Miami Dolphins content creators that are out there, the podcast hosts, the bloggers, the, the people that are covering the team, and all of the people that are consuming all of that content. Uh, we wouldn't be here doing this show tonight without all of you. So to all of the Miami Dolphins content creators across the board, everybody here at Dolphins Talk, uh, Mike, Tom, Ian, everybody, to all of you and to everybody watching, salute. God bless it. God bless us, everyone. All right, so there it is. That is going to bring an end to this episode of the same old dolphin show. A very fun one to do. Um, reminder: if you haven't done so already, make sure you're following us at Amplified to Rock, at Aaron the Brain, at Kevin MD4, at Same Old Dolphins, at Dolphins Talk. Make sure you download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you're visiting dolphinstalk.com each and every day and make sure you are subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Let you turn on the notifications bell so you get notified every single time we go live. If we didn't share your one hot take, you're always welcome to tweet it at us. If you want to have, if you want to send a toast to somebody, toast us on on Twitter, wherever you are. We, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear who you're thinking about this Christmas season. Um, a special shout out to everybody out there. Make sure you have a warm, safe and happy and healthy holiday season. If you don't celebrate Christmas, if you, if you already had Hanukkah, we hope you enjoy uh, having a nice few days off of work. And, uh, you know, we just hope everybody has, we just want you to stay happy, safe and healthy. And as I've said many times before, if you're in a position where you can be listening to my voice right now, things ain't as bad as they could be. So, Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this. We will be back next week. Uh, Well, actually, well, I don't want to, we may have, stay tuned to Dolphins Talk and make sure you're following us on Twitter because we may have some uh, news about what is happening on Monday during the Dolphins game against the Saints. But in the meantime, thank you as always for listening. Thanks to Kevin for being a guest on the show tonight. We appreciate you coming on and having some fun with us, talking some football with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you and yours and the almost two-year-old. We hope you have a blast, and I hope that you've still got a little bit of money left over when all is said and done. <laughs> it is the holiday season, Absolutely. after all. <laughs> yeah. Brain, I hope you have you and and the wife have a fantastic Christmas. I hope it's great. Everybody listening, we hope your Christmas is great. And as always, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go
1: Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking to my